0: Hello and welcome to Nerd Geek Dork, the podcast where we explore the nerdy, geeky, and dorky side of pop culture. I'm L. Adam, and with me as always is Pete the Retailer. Hello. And
1: this week we're going to talk about Huey Lewis and the News. That's right. They're, uh... We all know them. They were they were formed in the late '70s, I think '78, uh, and they briefly went by Huey Lewis and the American Express, but then they got sued and uh, uh, turned into Huey Lewis and the News. Uh, and they've sold over 30 million records. They've won uh, a Grammy. They're they're you know huge Bay Area musicians. They're, they're just uh, you know one of the most popular bands of the '80s, and they're they're still around, still recording and touring uh, to this day.
0: Yeah, also known as the Back to the Future band, almost. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, well.
1: That did give them a bump.
0: That is true. That is true. And to talk about Huey Lewis in the News, we're joined by our friends Dan and Tony, who are both really knowledgeable on the topic of Huey Lewis and the News.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about this one because it's not, uh, you know, it's not the type of thing that you would normally just say was a nerdy or dorky topic. But I, I love the fact that you can, you know, you can geek out over anything. That's true. Uh, and especially a, a band like this, which which has its its diehard fans. That is true. That is true. So, should we just jump right into it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right. Let's, go. let's do it. Uh, let's just start with uh, why? Why Huey Lewis? What is it about Huey Lewis? Uh, and the news uh, that that to- that draws you guys to 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 be a fan, an outspoken fan.
2: Well, uh, for me, it it just goes back to childhood. Uh, that was kind of like perfect timing for me growing up. Uh, I know I'm a little bit older than uh, Adam. I don't know how old everyone is here, but uh, um, yeah. So that was just like a huge thing in my childhood, and I was always really into music and uh so like when i was like really really getting into music that was uh like prime sports era and back to the future era and then on to four from there but uh that was huge for me i remember uh i guess they still do it occasionally but hbo used to sometimes uh air concerts and there was a uh QE Lewis concert that uh, they aired back in the day that I pretty much memorized and watched a million times (laughs) is that the uh,
3: one uh,
2: from uh, Kabuki theater I don't know is he wearing a like checkered uh, long sleeve shirt for part of it Yes, he is. I think when he yeah. first comes out, he's also wearing like a white blazer or something, like for like just like the first song or two, and then he takes it off.
3: Yeah, I had a, I didn't have HBO, but I, I had a, a concert on <laughs> on video that I watched quite regularly. That I would guess was probably from from the
2: same era. Yeah, it might be the same. I may even be wrong about the HBO thing, but I think it was HBO.
0: Um, so Dan, are you in the same age range as Pete or? Uh, I I uh I'm a little bit older I think I'm 40. Okay. It's not not that much older. Pete's kind of old. Um <laughs> <laughs> Adam's fond of telling me so. <laughs> so how how about you? How'd you how'd you get into this whole thing cuz I me I'm pretty much with Tony like uh back to the future and stuff like that. It's hip to be square. That was everything I yeah. heard growing up.
3: Well, Back to the Future was was kind of just this most amazing apex of, of just – I was 12 the summer that came out and uh, just already huge Huey Lewis fan. And then uh, for that to come out and to be in such a great movie and just everyone to be into it, that was, that was quite the time. Um, for me, I guess I, I had heard of Huey Lewis even before – do You Believe in Love, uh, sort of by accident, because my father had bought the first Huey Lewis album. Um, he didn't know anything about them. But the back of the album, they are carrying a surfboard. And uh, yes. so he he thought that they were maybe like a Beach Boys kind of band and just bought it because I think it was on sale and then was a bit disappointed in it. Uh, so he had, he had already sort of known a little bit about them. And then when Do You Believe in Love became, I guess, what a top twenty hit, at least. Um, he was already kind of into them, and so I was quite impressionable. And and um, you know, whatever my dad liked, I tended to like. So then, by the time the next year the sports came out, I was in fifth grade, and I remember "Heart and Soul" uh, was on was the first single, and seeing that on uh, Friday Night Videos. I don't know if any of you remember that. I didn't have tables. Oh, yeah. I didn't have MTV. Uh, so Friday Night Videos on twelve thirty. Letterman was not on on Friday nights. It was right after the Tonight yep. Show. 90 minutes of videos, that was the only way I could get it. And uh, my dad and I would record, record it on our Betamax. Whoa, Betamax. Uh, I think I, yeah, I think I just watched Heart and Soul over and over and over and got sports like right after it came out and pretty much listened to side one of that album, uh, Hard Rock and Roll, Hard and Soul, Bad is Bad, I Want a New Drug, every single day after coming home from school in fifth grade, and then uh, it just kept going from there. Hmm. It's pretty sweet.
2: I, I I don't think I've ever heard anyone uh, say that they actually were got that first record back in the day. That I'm that's impressive. But I feel like most people have never even heard it. Which, oh, that uh, first album.
3: Well, that was my dad. That had nothing to do. with Yeah, it. yeah. I know, but, <laughs> that's but, a good. It's yeah, a
2: good album. Like, I, just, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it. Which no, I totally agree. That I think uh, that first record would actually really surprise a lot of people that have never heard
1: it. Because mm-hmm. it's
2: different than what they became. Like it's a lot more like new wavy almost. And it's there's some good there's some good cool stuff on there. Yeah, it's really good.
1: What's the name of the first album? Huey Lewis and the like,
2: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 fun. Like it's it's you know I think it came out in 1980. So it's like yeah. you know it's in that era where like yeah right. it was like a little right. bit of like new wave going on at that time. So um, yeah, it's just it's it's got much more of like that kind of a edge than than they ended up having.
3: There are a couple of great videos from that videos. album too. Yes, yes there
1: are. Off the top of my head, I can't remember any Huey Lewis videos. I remember it being yeah, well, a, see, the, the, the heavy radio your, play.
3: You're no, tons of great videos. You're just um misremembering the eighties, I think.
2: <laughs> I would have to agree. I, I thought he was gonna say, You're just stupid.
1: <laughs> I mean I think I think A little bit of column A, a little such, bit of column B. <laughs> I
3: mean, I, I think why one of the reasons why he became so big is because his video, he was so charismatic, and the videos were so funny and uh, sort of um, told his story well of just being like, hey, I'm just here for a good time. Let's uh, play some play some rock and roll. Um, I mean, I want a new drug video. Where he's, that's the one where he's wearing the uh, sort of like pink leisure suit with a black T-shirt underneath, <laughs> and uh, every time a pretty girl walks by, he puts the sunglasses to the bridge of his nose so he can get a better look.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right
3: you, you got it you gotta check these out if this is it is the one where they're all on the beach and they're buried uh no. all the band buried in the sand and he's the only one not in the sand they're the only their heads are uh not buried and they're singing back up as he's uh lying on the
2: beach in front of them yes <laughs> similar to the do you believe in love video where they're all in bed singing to the girl together yes <laughs>
0: Dan, you you were at the recent show in New York, right? The live show? Yes. You know, with the whole lawsuit with uh, I Want a New Drug and uh, the Ghostbusters theme song. Um, when I listened to the song, you know, of course you can hear the similarities, but for some reason it was much more prominent live. Like, I don't know if you, if you could agree with that. Like, listening to it, as soon as I started playing it, my brain instantly started the, the Ghostbusters song instead of I Want a New Drug. It was pretty weird.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like when I was a kid or whenever that lawsuit came out, I was like, really? I I never thought about that and then listened to it. I was like, yeah, this is pretty obvious. Um, You know, it's pretty funny because he can't talk about it, apparently. Um, He mentioned it, the lawsuit on the Behind the Music on VH1, what, 10 years ago? And then apparently, I think litigation was threatened against him for even mentioning that there had been a settlement. But yeah, I had actually, five years ago, I did a 25th anniversary of sports tribute (laughs) night. um, And I just got some of my friends to play different songs, uh, whatever they wanted to choose. And um, one of my friends did a—they uh, did a great sort of like punk garage version version about working for a living—and then that said turned into their version of Ghostbusters. So they didn't even do "I Want a New Drug." They just went straight to Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is kind of a blatant ripoff, I would say.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really just the the bass and the drums really is yeah. is key to that. But it's like, yeah, th- those two are like the exact same thing.
0: I have to say, watching them live was amazing. I mean... Oh, they sound great. Yeah. And the fact that the ticket was free was even better. Like, that that was a great promotion for 30-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was, like, going to be for real when I went up to the ticket counter and they're like, yeah, sure, here you go. <laughs>
2: So if you're 30 years old, you got in for free.
0: Yep, born in '83, in for
2: free. <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah. you just went the night of?
0: Uh, no, I went like uh, maybe like two weeks before because I was sure that I would run out. You know, based on what uh-huh. was available.
3: How many Where were available?
0: Yeah, Irving Plaza, which is even better. It's a small, intimate venue. <laughs> That's awesome. Had you not seen him before? Never. <laughs> I figured out. I think it was the ninth time I've seen him.
2: Oh, wow. (laughs) Dating back to, I think, 1984.
0: Wow. Wow. Tony, I was going to say if when you saw him on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, if that was the first time you'd seen him live or not.
2: No, but it was the first time in 20-something years, probably. I saw them... Uh, in, like, 87 or 88 when they were touring f- off of 4. Uh, I actually saw them at... because uh, I, I That was still when I lived in the Midwest growing up, so I actually saw them at Notre Dame in, like, 87, 88. Mm. and uh, Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, during their encore, uh, John Fogerty came out and randomly for some reason was in town and John Fogerty came out and played with them during their encore. <laughs> wow.
1: That seems like an appropriate match for some reason.
2: Yeah, it worked. I have no idea why John Fogerty was hanging out in South Bend, Indiana, but <laughs> uh, there
0: you go. When I met Tony, there were three things I knew about him: he was a drummer, he liked uh, Huey Lewis, and he liked Weird Al. Which we'll have but, to, uh, some yeah, sure. and we'll have to bring you back whenever we do Weird Al because we definitely will. Come on, right. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> has has it influenced your your music anyhow?
2: Well, as far as music that uh, I've been paid to play, <laughs> I, I honestly. Uh, like Bill Gibson, they're, uh, the drummer of the News, I think he's a super great underrated drummer. He does a lot of really like subtle, fantastic things that uh, just like that I kind of come to appreciate as I got older. That I kind of snuck past me as a kid, but now when I listen closely, I'm like, oh wow! And so there's a lot of stuff that I uh, definitely was inspired by. But then I think uh, the other side of that, uh, the Weird Al side, probably. Finds its way and in influencing just the ridiculous things that I make just for myself at home that uh, people will likely never hear.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, that works. <laughs> so now, which which direction did it go in? Did you did you get into Huey Lewis first, and then you heard "I Want a New Duck," and you got into Weird Al, <laughs> or did you hear "I Want a New Duck," and you're like, "What's this song about?" And you found the original.
2: I'm gonna have to say that. Uh, I, I, I was aware of them both. I think I'm I'm not sure who I knew of first. Hmm. Probably probably Huey, but I'm really not sure. However, I will say, for as much as I like the both of them, I want a new duck. Not Weird Al's uh, finest moment, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> it seems like it's the dream combo for me, but that's it's it's not as it's not his best work. <laughs>
1: All right. So what about both of you guys? Uh, we'll, we'll start with Dan, I guess. You know, how's your appreciation of, of these albums changed? Like, what was your favorite album when you were a kid different than your favorite album now? Like, is there one that you go back to and you're like, you know what? Uh, this album was much better than I thought.
3: Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to beat sports. I, I I would say I've seen him, I've seen him nine times now. But by the fourth time, I feel like it was already for nostalgia purposes in some ways, which was my senior year of high school. Now, I mean, now I think it's just back to just complete and utter love. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's hard to beat sports. I mean, I think for definitely when it came out, I couldn't have been happier with it, but I'm not sure how well that's really aged. And then you start getting in the ones after that that I don't, <laughs> you know, that I'm, I'm familiar with all of them, but I'm not sure how much time we want to spend on 1991's Hard at Play, for example. Um but you know it's interesting because i i think he just got so into the idea that he was this serious bay area musician and and the album that he followed up with four just kind of tanked and that was like kind of I, i guess i don't want to say it was kind of it as him as a hit maker considering that he did have um some more hits after that especially especially with um that covers album in like 94 I can't remember what the hits were on
0: that I was kind of Ooh, that had Little Bitty Pretty one on it yeah and, which I love uh, yeah
3: <laughs> and, and then
2: he had that hit with, um, with Paltro I guess right but um not gonna lie I kinda like that song
3: oh no I mean I kinda like it too and uh <laughs> But, you know, I, I, the first album, as you we were talking about earlier, really has some great songs on it. It's the kind of thing that it's like, wow, this is Huey Lewis. And like people who think they hate Huey Lewis would probably like this if they actually gave it a chance. Um, oh, okay. and, and the second album had some really good songs
2: on it, too.
1: Mm-hmm. What, what's the name of the second album? Uh, Picture, Picture this. this.
2: Actually, if you want a good laugh, listen to uh, the song Giving it, it All Up for Love on Picture This. There's a ridiculous moment after... Uh, I should have looked it up beforehand. i give you like a time code or something, but it's <laughs> after the guitar solo when the next verse starts in that song. Huey just does one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in any song ever where he just, he sings a line and then he a certain word he sings, he starts at one note and just keeps getting higher and higher. And it's, uh, yeah, you really just have to hear it to fully appreciate it. I highly recommend anyone that wants a good laugh to, uh, check out that moment in that song because it makes me laugh every single time I hear it.
3: Huh. Or the serious uh, sort of breakdown piece of... Uh, what's the name of the song? The Only One? It's on the
2: second I don't side. Know. I'm, okay, okay. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm sorry. I've failed you.
0: <laughs> well, I just <laughs> no, looked I it up it and the track name is correct. I've never I, heard it, but the track name is correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, yeah, I feel like that's just... It's, it's, it's like trying to be a leader of the pack or something i can't remember it's like or maybe a car accident or something and i want to say the the girl he's talking about is like genie maybe and like there was a, a motorcycle accident it's very 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 serious probably as